0: Mark, take your Bibles, and uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're starting a new Sunday school series today, Prayer, Asking and Receiving. I want to make sure everybody has uh, one of our uh, handouts. prayer, asking and receiving, and uh, today, uh, our lesson for the day, uh, lesson one is a prayer hearing God. I'm going to talk to you this morning as we begin uh, talking about a prayer hearing God. Before we turn to scripture, I want to tell you just a quick story while we're getting the uh, handouts uh, handed out. I believe it was 20 years ago, uh, right around 20 years ago. maybe may have been 21 years ago. I was down in Florida. Uh, I was in Winter Park, Florida, Miss Lois. You know where that is. And uh, with the church there and a friend of mine and I, uh, he was a missionary to Peru. He and his wife were going to Peru as missionaries. And uh, now uh, he uh, teaches uh, at Howells Anderson College, I believe, Uh, I don't know if you, Lizzie, Did you you never had him in a class, I don't think, but anyway, knew uh, the family there, but he and I were out soul winning together uh, one Saturday morning during a missions conference at the church in Winter Park, Florida, and we came up to the door of a home, and outside the door was a giant Buddha statue. I mean, it was massive, and we knocked on the door, and nobody came to the door, and I reached down and rubbed Buddha's belly brother the dexter. And just as I'm rubbing Buddha's belly, about that time I see the curtain open beside the door. And this guy looked out. He was extremely offended uh, that I would touch Buddha. Now, can I tell you that Buddha uh, could not hear a prayer? No matter the statue, no matter what the false idol or false god, uh, those false idols and false gods cannot hear prayer. However, this morning we serve a God who is a prayer-hearing God. Look with me there in Hebrews chapter 11. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh, to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And uh, Isaiah it says, O thou that hearest prayer, and of thee shall all flesh be. Understand, we see that there is a God who can and does hear prayer. And let's uh, pray together this morning as we open our service. Lord, uh, we ask for your help. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together. Lord, I pray you would help us as we open the Word of God, as we're encouraged, as we begin this journey, uh, talking about and learning about prayer. Uh, Lord, would you be glorified for us coming together this morning? Uh, Lord, would you would you help us uh, meet the needs uh, in our heart in your precious name? We pray, Amen. And as we begin this morning, I wanna uh, I wanna make sure that we understand as we begin this. Uh, lesson and series on prayer that prayer is for every believer Uh, all of us God wants us to talk to him and when we pray we can know that God hears us because he's a prayer hearing God and this morning foundationally we want to begin with that thought Uh, in your notes there number one uh, point one notice it is God's nature it is God's nature nature To hear and answer prayer. How many of you know there's a difference between hearing and answering? Kind of like that teenage uh, kid that's sitting playing the video game, and you say to your teenage son, hey, uh, take out the trash. They hear you, (laughs) but they may not answer you. Uh, There is a difference. God not only hears, but God answers our prayer. Prayer hearing. Prayer hearing is one of the attributes of God. It's part of his nature. That's who God is. You can't separate the fact that he's a prayer hearing God from the fact that he's God. Uh, Psalm 65 verse 2 says, Thou that hearest prayer. He is the God, the only God. I'm reminded of those that were on Mount Carmel with Elijah, uh, those that would cry out to their false God, and their false God could not hear. But Elijah's God heard. Uh, and god, by the way, selected that title for himself, the God who hears and answers prayer. Uh, his character, his attributes are immutable. They do not change. God is a God that hears and answers prayer. God's mercy never changes. That's a part of his character. His love never changes. That's a part of his character. Uh, his holiness never changes. That's a part of his character. That's who he is. Uh, the fact that God hears and answers prayer does not change because of who God is. God says in Malachi chapter six, uh, chapter 3 and verse 6, I am the Lord. I change not. I change not. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He is a God who hears and answers prayer. Uh, So God in all generations, since God said, let there be light in the beginning of creation until now and until forever, is the same God. The same God who delights in hearing and answering prayer. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. The Bible reminds us. He willingly hears the prayer, by the way, praise God, of a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter your ethnicity. God hears our prayer. He's the creator of all. And how wonderful that thought. He is a God that hears and answers prayer. By the way, God was delighted with the prayers of Enoch. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Enoch talked to God. God heard him. And when I read the Bible in the Old Testament, and I read about Enoch was not, for God took him, I imagine God one day saying, hey, just come home with me instead. We're closer to my house. Uh, you just come with me. But God enjoyed the Enoch speaking with him, talking with him. Uh, Enoch walked and talked with him. Abraham, in the Old Testament, we have a man that God called the friend of God, the friend of God. Now, I know without a shadow of a doubt, if Abraham was a friend of God, Abraham spoke with God. Abraham had a conversation, an ongoing dialogue with God. Later, it was God's delight to answer the prayer of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Later, God would meet the needs of his prophet, by the way, who was not perfect, who doubted Uh, who even said at one point, I wish I'd never been born. Daniel, Daniel, a captor. Daniel, who prayed there in captivity. God answered his prayer. God would answer the prayer of all of his children. Why? Because God, it is his nature to hear and to answer prayer. God would deliver the three Hebrew children. Uh, From the fiery furnace. Why? It's the nature of God to hear and answer prayer. Uh, So the God that heard the prayer of these Old Testament saints is the same God that is ready and able to hear your prayer and to answer your prayer. Say, preacher, all of those folks, you know, those those folks are uh, before Christ came. Uh, God's changed now. God doesn't hear the same. We could look in the New Testament and see many examples of God hearing and answering prayer. We could see that God heard the Canaanitish woman. God heard the prayer of Cornelius. Uh, God heard the prayer of the publican. By the way, the publican beat his chest and would not even look up. And he cried, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God said, I heard you. I heard that prayer. And yet it said that the Pharisee prayed thus with himself. But God heard the prayer of that publican. God heard the prayer of that man who understood uh, who he was before a holy God. God is the God who hears and answers prayer. O thou that hears prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. God hears prayer. H.A. Uh, Ironside. Uh, in, uh, said in uh, the book that he wrote, Praying in the Holy Spirit, prayer is almost universal in humanity. We have the verse there, he wrote, O thou that hearest prayer, and of thee shall all flesh come. Uh Ironside said, Unsaved men pray. All nations pray. The sense of need, of weakness that leads men to cry out for help from a higher power. And it is wrong to say, as some have said, uh, that prayers." Uh, Unconverted people are not heard. The man our Lord healed of blindness said, We know that God heareth not sinners. This is true in the sense that he meant it, uh, but the cases of Hagar in the wilderness, the heathen mariners mentioned in Jonah, and other similar instances must not be overlooked. It's wrong and foolish to try to set bounds to the mercy of God. He who hears the prayer of the young ravens when they cry for food hears the agonized heart. Cries of trouble for men who are of more value, as the Bible says, than many sparrows. In his eyes, Scripture and history testify to prayers answered in wondrous grace, even when those who prayed were ignorant of the one to whom their entreaties were directed. We can look through Scripture and see those that cried out to God, and God heard them. Why? Because it is the nature of God to hear and answer prayer. It's the very nature of God. Number two in your notes this morning, it is impossible, it is impossible to come to God or to please him without believing that he is a prayer hearing and prayer answering God. It's impossible. I can't please God if I don't believe that he hears and that he answers prayer. God's jealous of his reputation. By the way, God has a right to be a jealous God. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We're told that when we come to God that we have to believe. To believe. If I'm going to please God... I have to believe. He's a prayer answering, a prayer hearing God. If I don't believe that, I I can't please him. I'm not living by faith. God's a reward, the Bible says, of them that diligently seek him. That is, God hears and answers prayer. I can't come to God. I can't uh, in any way please him without believing that. We see that faith, it says without faith, It is impossible to please Him. Faith's vital. Faith is the ingredient that must not be left out. Faith is that ingredient that is necessary for me to come to God. This faith means that we believe there's a God. But it's more than that. More than just I believe there's some higher power or something that created me. There are many that believe. The Bible says even the, the, the devils believe and tremble. But we need to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. In other words, he hears. He answers that prayer. Uh, faith involves trusting in God. It's strange that one of the attributes of God that we must acknowledge To please him is that he hears us. He answers us. I don't necessarily need to understand God's character, all of his character and all of his attributes. But if I'm going to come to him, I have to believe that he is. I have to believe that he hears. I have to believe that he's able to answer. Again, the verse says he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Can I make a statement to you this morning? This is vital. There is a God. There is a God. And he answers prayer. If we say there is no God, then obviously he cannot answer prayer. But if there is a God, and there is a God, he answers prayer. And that sums up Everything necessary, all the creeds necessary to please and come to God. There's a God and he answers prayer. He does answer our prayer. All the other things are implied and understood if you know that much about the infinite, blessed, merciful prayer hearing and prayer answering God. There are many today that believe in apostolic times that God was willing to answer prayer, but not today. There are those that believe that in the Old Testament that God was willing to hear prayer, but not today. They want to put God in their little box. They want to dissect God and divide God and uh, decide, okay, uh, in this time, God can do this. And God, this is your box. You stay in this box. And in this time, God hears your box. And you get in your box. You stay in your box. We want to put God in a box. We want to decide what God can do and when God can do it. But God is a prayer answering, a prayer hearing God. And we have to believe that. We have to understand that. God always, God always saves people by faith in Christ. From the beginning of creation until the last person comes to him. It's never changed. Abraham, the Bible says, he believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. It didn't say Abraham did some righteous acts, and God, God let his righteous acts, balance out his bad acts, and, and that's why Abraham was righteous. No, Abraham was righteous because he believed God. What did he believe God about? That God would keep his promise. God made a promise to Adam and Eve back in Genesis chapter 3. All the Old Testament saints looked forward to the promise of God being fulfilled in Messiah. Abraham believed God. Christ was the only way, always has been the only way. Acts 10.43 is plain about that. God has always been holy. Uh, God has always been the God who answers prayer and hears prayer. In Psalms it says, O thou that hearest prayer, and to thee shall all flesh come. That's why he must come. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The unchanging, immutable God is a God who always has been willing and anxious to hear. Those of you that are married will understand this. Every once in a while my wife will want to tell me something. And I confess I'm not always the greatest husband I don't care you ever been there but my wife cares and we were driving yesterday coming back from uh, Airdrie I spoke down in Airdrie Friday night late and as we're driving back I can't remember now what she was telling me Uh, that's normally the way it is but she said I want to oh I know what it was Uh, today is Rebecca's birthday and uh, she was telling me about uh, her birthday gift and we actually got you a birthday gift it's pretty miraculous And she said, I want want to tell you about this. You want to hear, right? And I said, absolutely. I said, the most important thing to me in all the world, the only thing I will care about is I want to hear about this. And she said, that's right. You better listen to me. Now, we joke about it, but God always is ready to hear. And God is not condescending and joking here in Scripture. God wants to hear. God wants desires to hear from his people how wonderful that is number three in your notes this morning every attribute of God is implied in the fact that he answers prayer hears and answers prayer all of God's attributes are implied wrapped up in the fact that God is a God who hears and who answers prayer when we understand that we can faintly perceive many other of the attributes of God that we learn about in scripture all the other qualities or attributes or or characteristics of God are understood in that fact that he hears and answers prayer letter a in your notes a prayer hearing God is a living God Is a living God. I mentioned at the beginning of the lesson this morning that giant Buddha statue in Florida. Buddha is not alive. Understand every other God or idol or icon that folks would try to talk to, it's not alive, they're dead. That's why they can't answer. God is alive. He's alive. The attribute of God, he, a prayer hearing God a living God. He's not an idol of wood or stone or paper. You know, when the priest on, uh, of Baal on Mount Carmel cried out, Oh, Baal, hear us. The phone kept ringing, but nobody was home. There was no answer. They cut themselves and they jumped and they yelled. But their false God could not hear because their God was not alive. Their God was not alive. God who hears prayer is a living God. Letter be in your notes this morning. A prayer hearing and prayer answering God is an all-knowing God. He's omniscient. If God can hear prayer, and if God can answer prayer, that means God knows everything. He's all-knowing. Colton, uh, several months ago, I think, uh, preached on the fact of God being omniscient, God knowing everything. Uh, he is, there is no doubt that if God can hear and answer prayer, he knows everything. Does God hear the cries of millions of people all around the world in every language? If uh, you know, Ahmad, if Ahmad prayed in Farsi, well, God would have to take Farsi lessons. No, God created language. God had no problem hearing that. No, he can't understand Tagalog, but he can understand every other language. No, God can hear every language, every tongue, every culture, everywhere. And he knows not just the words. He knows the heart. Now, we we think we know that sometimes. We say, oh, yeah, I know what they mean. (laughs) I know what they feel. I know what they're thinking. And sometimes we may get a good guess. But God knows. He knows all things. God sees our faith. He sees our sincerity or lack thereof. By the way, he sees our hypocrisy. He knows everything. So if God can hear and answer prayer, then God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. Letter C. Any notes here this morning? If God can answer prayer, he has all power. All power in heaven and in earth. Did you realize there's nothing too hard for God? The Bible tells us that. I remember the summer of 1992 or 90, I think it was 92. We had a, a drought where I'm from. And The ground was dry. I mean dry, cracking open dry. Some of you have experienced that before. Now, if that happened at Edmonton, that's an annoyance to us in the city. But that's devastating to the farms outside the city. I grew up in farm country. I remember during that as I was a, a junior or senior in high school, I'm trying to remember uh, what year it was. I think it was a, between my. I think it was between my junior and senior year. I remember the Drought was so bad, everywhere you went, every farmer, every person you talked to, the last thing everybody would always say is you'd separate, we'll pray for rain. And it wasn't just words. I mean, we're talking people were down on their knees crying out, begging God to give rain because their livelihoods were in danger, the families were in trouble. Did you know God's able to give rain? God can do that. There's nothing God can't do. God has his hand in everything. He is all powerful. There's nothing outside his power. Nothing nothing is beyond his range. He's all powerful. Letter D, if God answers prayer and has infinite wisdom and has almighty power, we saw these things, then he must be the creator. He's the creator. Only a God who can hear and answer prayer is the creator. There's none other as powerful. I mean, if God can hear and answer prayer, then he's the creator. There's no limit. Then the God who answers prayer, in the very nature of who he is, is the creator of heavens and the earth. Letter E there in your notes, the God who hears and answers prayer is a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. To believe God is a rewarder of them that seek Him is to believe that God's a miracle-working God. Now, we don't control God. We don't command God. But God is able to do miracles if it be His will. The God who hears and answers prayer. He's miraculous, supernatural. He's not ordinary, but extraordinary. He's not human. He became flesh and dwelt amongst us, but God is God. He's God. He's divine. He's not limited. He is unlimited. So here's the question. Does God work miracles today? Does God work miracles today? The answer is yes. Yes. He's a God who rewards those that diligently seek him. He's still a God who hears and answers prayer. He's still all-powerful. He still works miracles today. Uh, every soul, every soul that is saved is a supernatural, miraculous work of God. When you got saved, it was a miracle, a miracle greater than the part of the Red Sea for Moses. There's a greater miracle than that. God still works miracles today. Dr. Blanchard, president of Wheaton College, said in one of his books, if there be a God, he must act like God. Well, there's a lot of depth in that little short statement. If there be a God, he must act like God. Letter uh, F in your notes here, if God answers prayer, if God answers prayer, he is a God of infinite love and mercy infinite love and mercy. How many of you know God knows none of us deserve an answer to prayer? We don't. But because of his infinite love and God's infinite mercy. We poor sinners deserve only condemnation. We deserve forsaking and the punishment of death. But I love this statement, God loves sinners. God loves sinners. The love and the mercy of God. Romans 5.20, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. How wonderful. God's a prayer hearing, answering God. He's a God who has the power and the grace to create and to meet the needs to love, and as Jesus said, to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, with all those things in mind as we think about God and his attributes, that little phrase, O thou that hearest prayer, wrapped up in that capsule is so many things about the attitude, the attributes, the characteristics of who God is. He hears and answers prayer. Number four in your notes this morning, nature itself points to a benevolent God who hears and answers prayer. Nature itself points to a benevolent God who hears and answers prayer. All nature, all nature points to this, all of God's creation. It speaks of God who made man, who loves him, and wants to provide for his needs. Say, Pastor, I've never read that in nature. It goes straight. uh, If if we look uh, in Psalm 65, and I want to ask you to turn there, but verses 9 through 13, listen to these words. Thou visiteth the earth and watereth it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest... Them corn, when thou hast so provided for it, thou waters the ridges thereof abundantly, and thou settest the furrows thereof, thou makest it soft with showers, thou blessest the springing thereof, thou crownest the year with goodness, and thy paths drop fatness, they drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side, the pastures are closed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. The psalmist gave these words, were given these words by God to pen about God who prepared all creation for us. Every bit of creation says God is a benevolent God who hears and answers prayer. The theme of Psalm 104 is God's care for the cattle of the earth and humanity. It's, it's God. And God and His creation prepared and planned. He causes the grass to grow, the Bible says, for the cattle, and the herb for the service of man, that He may bring forth food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil to make His face shine, and bread with which to strengthen man. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats, and the rocks for the conies. The young lions roar after their prey and seek after their meat from God. Even the lions are fed only because God allows them to be fed. These wait upon thee. Thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. The God that made all the creation. The God that made the animals made food for them. By the way, one of the biggest roadblocks to the religion, and, and yes, I said the religion of evolution, is there has to be preparation for, those, for the creation. There are many who would falsely believe in their false religion of evolution that uh, these animals, because they didn't have food, they evolved. For instance, I'll tell you that Uh, The giraffes had short necks and they couldn't eat and the only food was up on the top of the trees. So uh, after thousands and thousands and thousands of years, the giraffes finally grew their necks long enough to eat. How do they live that long with no food? It's stupidity. The God of creation prepared the food and the needs for his creation. He's a benevolent God it's a loving God and even in nature and creation of nature itself it proves that he wants to meet the needs the God who made the honeybees made the flowers for them every living thing there's a place food protection provision planned by an infinite God these things show that where there is a want there's a want met by a benevolent God of creation God wants to fill it. Where there's hunger, God wants to satisfy it. The whole earth shows us that. Imagine, if you will, that the earth that we live on here was 10,000 miles deep rather than 8,000 miles. That's not much of a difference. I mean, it's a small percentage of a difference. But if that were the case, if God had created it such, then mass would be almost doubled. Gravity would be twice as significant. You know, I instead of weighing 235 pounds, I'd weigh 470 pounds. That would be a problem. I, I wouldn't have the muscles to move my body. I wouldn't be able to uh, have a a stomach big enough to consume the food to meet the needs of that body and the strength uh, that would be used up uh, exerted because of that. Everything would change. Gravity and everything else just with that little bit of a change. But God created this world perfectly for the needs of man. God gave us an atmosphere, an atmosphere that we can breathe And survive and thrive. Why? Because a benevolent God hears and answers prayer. Nature itself shows us that. How wonderful it is. Now let me make a statement here that I believe is very vital. Nature does not tell of Calvary. I can't look up on the mountains uh, in Jasper and go, Wow, that's the picture of, of the cross of Calvary. Nature doesn't tell of Calvary and redemption. But can I tell you that nature itself does point to an infinitely merciful and a benevolent and a loving God who created man. A God whose heart is open to humanity. Not a distant God. Not a God who started the ball rolling and ran away. But it points to a God who wants a relationship with his creation. He who clothed the lilies of the field. Also notes the fall of the sparrow. The God who answers the prayer of those who diligently seek him. It's the same God. James 1.17 says every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God never varies. He never changes. He's constantly watchful. He's constantly listening to give men what they need as they cry out to him in God's nature God is predisposed to hear the cry of men who desire him then if God hears and answers prayer we ought to pray if God is a prayer-hearing God, then why would we not speak to him? I worked at a place called Robman and Renshaw, brokerage firm, years ago. I managed an MIS department at night, the 45th and 46th floor of the Sears Tower, now the Willis Tower. I had the whole place to myself all night, two floors of the Sears Tower. The only other person I shared it with was a Mexican cleaning lady who would come through at night, and uh, we would visit, she and I. She was an older lady. Uh, we'd visit for a little bit every night, and I told her the first night I met her, I said, you don't ever speak English to me. Uh, she struggled with English. I said, you only speak Spanish. I said, you stop by, visit me, let's talk, and make me speak Spanish to learn some Spanish. So I'd visit with her a little bit, but I had two floors to myself all night in that place, But in that place, I had a a phone there in my desk in the MIS department that would ring, and it was a 1-800 number that you could call that that phone. And this is back before cell phones were popular, uh, back when if you wanted to call somebody in a different state or different province, you had to pay long distance. Remember long distance? And so... When I would work, I worked till six thirty in the morning. Six thirty in the morning in Chicago was seven thirty in the morning, uh, in West Virginia where I'm from. So about thirty minutes before my night was over, many times my mom would dial that I'd give her that number, that one header number. And she'd call and I'd talk to her for a few minutes. It was free for her to call. I mean all she had to do was dial the number. Christian? All you have to do is call on him he hears us he's a prayer answering god prayer becomes the most compelling duty of every christian when we realize that god is a prayer hearing and prayer answering god 1st Thessalonians says pray without ceasing the apostles after pentecost and the election of the deacons prayed they said hey we we have to have some people to serve tables because we have to give ourselves to what to prayer the ministry of the word. Prayer becomes vital. when we understand that. When Solomon built the temple at Jerusalem. And dedicated it to God. God didn't say that he'd be listening to the songs of the choir at the temple. Or watching for the smoke of the altar. Although those things went forth. Where many sacrifices would be offered. God said. Now mine eyes shall be open. And mine ears attend unto the prayer. That is made in this place. It was the prayer. It was the prayer that God was listening for. God said, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Jesus quoted that scripture, by the way. It's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The temple, primarily a house of prayer. Prayer. Why? Because God hears and answers prayer. God intended That you and I should have a living faith. A living faith believing that God hears us, that God wants to answer us. Thus men should call upon the name of the Lord. There's no pleasing God without prayer. I, I can't please Him without prayer. The God who hears prayer, as we saw in our text, without faith. In Hebrews, without faith. It's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. O thou God who hears prayer, would you put in our hearts our hearts a desire to believe you and pray. Christian, Christian, As we begin this journey through prayer, thinking of prayer, we have to come foundationally to the understanding that he is a prayer-hearing God. That is his nature, and he wants us to believe that, and if we believe that, we will pray. Let us pray as we close this morning. Lord, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to understand your word. Help us to believe you. Give us the faith, give us the faith to come to you believing. Lord, I pray you'd meet the needs of those here this morning. Lord, I pray you'd be with those traveling yet to be here for a service to come. Lord, I pray that you would work in hearts this morning. Lord, I pray if there's one that will be here that knows you're not a savior, Lord, I pray today that they would come to the understanding that they stand in need of a savior and that you loved them and died for them. Lord, would you work in this place today. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. In your precious name we pray, amen.